I brought two oranges today, two oranges. This first orange is really special. I was born and raised in California, and I have some friends there I'm going to send this orange to. The seeds from this orange, they are going to plant, and they're going to take those oranges that plant, and they're actually going to follow it online, and they're going to show me where it goes. They're going to take the oranges from those trees and ship them different places around the world. They're going to ship some to Brazil, some to Florida, some to China. They're going to do amazing things. I brought this orange. This is, a cool, this is an awesome orange. Isn't that cool? This other orange is kind of marked up. I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to throw half of it away. I'm just going to dunk it. The truth of the matter is, I only brought one orange. It's the same orange. It's just a different description. So you have one life. What description are you living under? His description or your description? Because, you know, I talked about, and I'm going to leave that up there. Because it really, is, is it really just an orange? Or is there orchards in there? Look again. Is it really just an orange? Is it really just one life? Are we really just one group, a group of people? In the upper room, was it only just 120 people? Was it just a baby born in a manger? Look again, there's the Messiah. Just a. Is it just an orange? Because sometimes when we look at our life, we look at our limits, we'll never get past this peel, but if there's seeds in us. And I said, Jesus said. I didn't say this preacher said, that preacher said, this mega church pastor said, all good, wonderful. But I said, Jesus said. His, see, his words come on another level. We worship Jesus, amen? We don't raise our hands to a pastor, a mega church leader. We don't raise our hands to the CD series. We don't raise our hands to the person that led us to the Lord. We raise it to Jesus. And Jesus said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Speaking of his death, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, it dies or it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world may keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father, will, my father will honor. So Jesus is talking about unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it, it bears, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. So today I'm going to talk about the seed that bears fruit and the fruit that carries seeds, and those seeds bear fruit, and those fruit carry seeds, and it's because it's on and on. What's the power of a seed? It is eternal. Well, and I'm going to give you some examples. The first example I'm going to give is Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin, we're taught that he took a boat ride on the Beagle five years around, you know, around the world, w went to the islands, and he observed evolution. That's what we're taught. He's just a blank slate. He's just an observer, loved nature. Is that really what happened? No, that's not what happened. He wrote Origin of the Species. But Darwin also wrote uh, Zoonomia, the Laws of Organic Life. Well, John, in, the, in Zoonomia, the Laws of Organic Life, it talked about evolution. And everything that's in Zoonomia is in, is in the other book, Charles' book, Charles Darwin's book. So if you're talking about seeds that bear fruit and fruit that bear seeds, what's the difference? Well, there's something I didn't tell you. Zoonomia was not written by Charles. It was written by his grandfather. So is that really where evolution started? No, there were seeds in his heart. And when he was just in his teens, he read Zoonomia, and he loved it. So he didn't go looking. He went to go look for the evidence that was proven his theory. See, at the top of his notebook... There was a word, and it was written, Zunamia. Why? Because it influenced the way he thought. See, scientists talk about evolution, the origin of the species, and we're going to get into it because that's not his full title. See, the seeds that he, when he wrote that, because his grandfather had seeds, and men influenced him, and out of that seeds bore fruit, and that fruit was a book. And then he read the book, and he ate the fruit, and out of that fruit bore seeds in his heart. And that seed bore fruit, which is origin of the species. And there is people, now I know there's some Christians that believe in evolution, but for the majority of people that believe in evolution, they do not believe in God. And when you take God out, anything can come in. 
Stalin was in Bible college, and his friends said he read Origin of the Species and became an atheist. How many people did Stalin kill? We can't even count the numbers. Chairman Chow from China. Millions of people have died. Darwin was one of his favorite authors. The influence. Now, I'm not blaming Charles Darwin for that. Each man will stand for that, but he influenced it. Look at the Holocaust. How could that be? Because if there's no God, and it is really survival of the fittest, then who's to say I'm superior to you? Who's to tell me I'm not? My way's better than yours. Because what, we're going to look at the whole title. So it wasn't a blank slate. The seeds bear fruit because Jesus said a good tree will bear good fruit and a bad tree will bear bad fruit. And if we're willing to die and we're willing to die of expectations and what we think and how it's going to be and who we are, and if we're trying to make his name greater, our name great, we need to die to our name. And if we're willing to do those things and out of this orange can come orchards, can come a juice company, and every piece of fruit you've ever eaten has come from a seed. It can be traced back to a seed. So Charles Darwin was really not a blank slate. He, things were influenced. He already believed in evolution. Everything in his book, Origin of the Species, can be traced back to Zenomia 65 years before he was born, before his book. Because he, not before he was born, before his book. It influenced him. But they don't talk about that. They just said, oh, you know, it starts with Charles. If you look at Wikipedia, they said, Charles, you know, he expounded on the, you know, the, the theories of his grandfather. No, the, the theories of his grandfather, he ate that fruit. And those seeds bore fruit. And then he wrote a book. And then chairmen's and things and dictators. Why is that so important? Because I'm going to give you the full title of Origin of the Species. And I'm going to give you, first let me give you a quote. In the autobiography, Charles Darwin, this is Charles Darwin, wrote the following words about a lecture he had attended in Cambridge by Dr. Robert Grant. Dr. Robert Grant, great, because Charles Darwin was going to be a doctor, but he changed his profession. And Robert Grant had a lot to do with it. You know who influenced Robert Grant? Charles' grandfather. The tree or fruit, and the fruit carried seeds, and the seeds carry fruit for good or bad. We're going to look at some bad examples, then we're going to look at some good examples, because God wants us to be good examples. Now, this fruit is marked, and it's kind of marred, and it's kind of this. It's, kind of, it's not the best-looking fruit, but I chose it, and I paid for it. Friend, he chose you, and he paid for you. And I was going to buy everybody an orange today, and it was, this is $1.66, so I was like, forget that, I'll just buy one. Because you must pay your own price. You must pay your own price. I can't die for you. And when Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat goes to the ground, because here he was, this was not a parable he was given. This is right before he died. And they're saying, they're saying, no, Jesus, no, Jesus. But he says, in my death, there will become life. And if we're willing to die, the seeds from us, because Jesus is not just talking about the seeds that we carry. He's talking about our, our life being a seed. If we're willing to die, we can have influence far greater. Because you plant the seed. That seed doesn't go to Florida. You could take the oranges and ship them all around the world. And your influence can go far beyond you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and this, I believe this is a, a partial truth from Charles. He goes, I listened in astonishment, and as far as I can judge, without any effect on my mind, I had previously read the tsunami of my grandfather, in which similar views were maintained but without producing any effect on me. Nevertheless, it is probable that the hearing rather early in the life such views, talking about his grandfather's, maintained and praised, may have favored my upholding them under a different form in my origin of the species. Yeah, Charles, you're half right. Because what you didn't like about your grandfather's book was he gave theories but no evidence. So you went looking for places to fit the evidence. And what you observed really wasn't evolution, it was adaptation. 
Now, there's micro and macro because they believe everything came from one thing. His grandfather on the family crest, you know what it was written in Latin? It was three shells. In Latin, it says, from shells come everything. From shells. This is the full title of the origin of the species because we sanitize it. See, evolution has made atheism intellectually acceptable. Now you're high up because you believe in it. This is his full title. The origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Favored races. How can Yao and Hitler and all these people use it? Favored races. It influenced that fruit. Who, who knew when he was writing the book? There's Stalin. How many did Stalin kill in Bible college? Read the book, became an atheist. But there's also good seed. Amen? And I'm going to read you a story. Because your life is called to bring fruit. And that fruit is called to bring seeds. See, because you're not going to do everything in your life. See, because it's, it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same orange. It's a different description. So when you look at your life, what description do you think? I'm just, I'm just a? Just a mom? Just a? We're just a group of people? Just a? When we get a building, is it just a building? See, it's, it's more than that. The influence of this orange as long as the seeds are willing to die and go in the ground, it can produce, and the power of a seed, is each, there will be people that will be lost forever because of evolution. Because of evolution. I was reading stories of these different, uh, different kids, different, different people reading it, different people reading Origin of the Species, and these, all these kids going to college, and they, were, they had some form of godliness. They had, you know, that some form of God, and they said, you know, this person influenced me, and that person influenced me, and, and Dawkins, and all these people influenced me, and they go, man, I'm so glad they did. Wow, just because, and then just the trajectory. How, how many people did he influence just because his grandfather influenced him? There's a story that came across my way recently, and it says, missionary died thinking he was a failure. Eighty-four years later, thriving churches found hidden in the jungle. In 1912, medical missionary Dr. William Leslie went to live and minister to tribal people in a remote corner of the Congo. After 17 years, he returned to the U.S. a discouraged man, believing he had failed to make an impact for Christ. He died nine years after his return. But in 2010, a team led by Eric Ramsey made a shocking and sensational discovery. They found a network of reproducing churches hidden like glittering diamonds in the dense jungle across the Kwailu River from Vanga, where Dr. Leslie was stationed. How could that be? When he left, he thought it was a failure. Why? Because he was just looking above ground. He didn't understand the power of the sea because this is what he did. He would teach the Bible, taught the tribal children how to read and write, talked about the importance of education, and told Bible stories. Ramsey notes, Dr. Leslie started the first organized educational system in these villages. It took some digging for Ramsey to uncover Leslie's identity. The tribal people only knew him by one name and didn't know that he, that was his first or last name, so they had to research who he was. They knew he was a Baptist, and he, he was based in that city, and they knew the years. And they found over 34, over 34 miles, they found eight churches. They even found a 1,000-foot cathedral in the middle of the jungle because it was so popular in the 80s. People would come. There were so many people. They began to plant churches. So he went home thinking he was a failure, not realizing the power of the seed. See, God says in Genesis, he said, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. But you can also say this, as long as you remain on the earth, there will be time for you to give your seed so they, he can bring a harvest. Because it's natural. It doesn't matter how old you are. My years are past. I'll just sit here on this cart. No, God wants to take you, pick you. He says, die to this, die what you can think. That's what happens with ties, with money. 
You know, it says when we give our money, it's a seed, right? The problem is some people give the money and it never dies. They always have a heart attachment to it. I wish I still had it. I wish I didn't have to pay tithes. They don't give it joyfully. When you give it joyfully, there's a fully release. You can't hold on to the seed in the ground and let it grow. And there's people that give money and they still grieve over money that they used to give. Or, man, you know, here's, instead of going, this isn't even mine. This is God's. 10% goes into the storehouse with the priest. God set it up. Man didn't set it up. God set it up. So there he was thinking he was a failure. And, that, and there's another person I want to use as an example of seeds that bear fruit was, is Susanna. Susanna Wesley. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Char, uh, I was going to say Charles Wesley, <laughs> our own Sabata Pereira quoted John Wesley. John Wesley di- died in the 1700s, and yet he quoted him just a couple of weeks ago. That's power. Seed that remains. And he, was, he had, they, they called him Methodist because there was a method, and John Wesley never wanted to start a denomination. He just said, we're Methodists. We live according to the method of the Bible. It wasn't as, he wasn't trying to start a denomination. That denomination didn't take off until after he was dead. He goes, he wanted to fit in with the local church. Where did it come from? Did it come from his dad? No, his dad was gone for a year, a year working on the book of Job, took the family, family finances. You know, that's, that may sound spiritual. You know, we're talking about growing and fruit. You know, I took agriculture in high school. You know the first thing they told me, the teacher? Even when I came home that day, my brother took the class, he goes, what's the definition of a weed? That's the first thing we learned. The definition of a weed is a plant out of place. A tomato plant in a cornfield is a weed. Are you in your place? See, it's a plant out of place. We think weeds are ugly and stuff. No, I'm beautiful. So his dad was out of place, working on the book of Job. I didn't even look it up. Why? Because it doesn't matter. What, what matters was John and Charles Wesley. Over 40,000 times, they, how many times, how many miles they preach? Over 40,000 sermons they figured, thousands of miles. Charles wrote almost 9,000 hymns. Hark the herald angels sing. He wrote it. They added music to it later. That's power. Where did that come from? It came from a mom, just a mom. Just a mom. I'm going to read you what she wrote, her husband. Because when he was gone, this is what she wrote. She goes, I am a woman, but I'm also a caretaker of a large family. And though the superior charge of the souls contained in it is upon you, yet in your long absence I cannot but look upon every soul you leave under my charge as a talent committed to me under a trust. I am not a man nor a minister, yet as a mother and a caretaker I felt it odd to do more than I had done. I resolved to begin with my own children, in which I observed the following method. Method. Where did John get it? Thousands have saved revivals. They preached to thousands of people in the field before Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the Internet. Thousands of people would come. The churches wouldn't even want them out in the fields. That's when he said, the world is my parish. I will not be contained. Thousands came. Where did it come from? Method. It just didn't spring up of nowhere. Where could you follow? Where the fruit? When the people were crying at the altar, there was the fruit. But you could follow it back to the seed that bore fruit. And it, on and on. And it went to his mom. There's the word method. Susanna was a disciplined mother who believed in structure and routine for her dear children. It's her own words, method. She taught them at home and emphasized study of the Bible. She wrote, the children were always put into a regular method. There's the word, fruit that bears gold, the seeds. And when Jesus was dying, they were trying to hang on to him. We try to hang on to our life. We need more of this. We need more of this. And God's saying you need less. If you're willing to die, out of this will come greatness and significance. It just won't have your name on it. Because re- is it really about me preaching good sermons or is it about being a catalyst for change? 
What description are you living? Are you living under a description? Or are you living with a description? Under shame and guilt, and this is all you'll ever be. Are you living with a description? This is who he said he's called you to be. Our very own Pastor Lena Jones, she's been to Columbia nine times. How did, that, how did that start? How did she preach at a church where they never had a woman preacher before? I still don't think that they had a woman preacher down there. I'm not talking in a women's meeting on the corner. I'm talking a church that probably ran around 1,000. How did that start? Well, John, you invited her. Yeah, that's just tracing it back so far. How did it really start? It started with a bumper sticker. I have a friend. His name is Mike. He's big in missions. There's a church in Florida, probably a couple thousand, a missions conference one year. There was a pastor from Columbia. Because I asked Mike, I go, Mike, how did you start coming to Columbia? Because you have to trace the story. She just didn't wake up one day and go, I'm going to go to Columbia. How did they let her in? You know how men and women are look different in Latin America? How did they, how'd that even happen? No, just preach in the back. No, preach to our people. There they were, all the leaders, taking notes, loving it, emotional healing. How did that happen? A bumper sticker, a seed. The seed was the words. Mike goes, my son has a car, and on his car, there's this bumper sticker. You know those, you've seen those bullets? You see that bumper sticker? It's about shaking his head. He's yeah, from India, you know. So there's all this sticker. Mike goes, it's not my car. I have a different car. He goes, but that day, I drove my son's car. Mike didn't know Pastor Bunch. He's just going to his car. He just happened to be at his car when Pastor Bunch passed by. And Pastor Bunch just casually said, he goes, if you want to see real bullets, come to Columbia. It was a seed, and he kept walking in Mike's heart. And that, and that seed bore fruit, and that fruit was a trip. I didn't go on that trip. He invited another friend of mine to the trip, and a couple trips. And then my friend calls me, hey, why don't you come to Columbia? And I give the answer all Christians do when they really don't want to go. They just, need, they just don't want to say no to your face. I'll pray about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll pray about it. It really means I don't really want to, but I don't want to say no. Like, God has to tell me, right? So I gave him that. I'll pray about it. And then he gave me something I never heard before. He says, pray about, pray if you shouldn't go. Well, so that's the way I prayed if I shouldn't go, and I didn't get any peace, so I went. So there we were, six people in a room, in a place where they had little kids, and Pastor Bunch was talking. I start weeping. He starts weeping. He looks at me. I look at him. Everybody looks around like, this is weird. This is awkward. Two men crying, looking at each other. Can we leave? And we bonded. And so I went there, and I worked with the youth. I didn't preach. I still haven't preached there. Then one day in the kitchen, I gave him a seed because the seed bore fruit, and the fruit bore seeds, and that seed bore fruit, and it all could be traced back to a bumper sticker. And the seeds, if you want to see real bullets, come to Columbia. Because sometimes we think seeds are like a sermon. We think it's like a ministry. We think it's like this. It could just be one encouraging word over somebody that's a seed that will bear fruit in their heart. And I says, Pastor Bunch, I said, you need to have my Pastor Lena come. I, it wasn't even like, I said, you need to have her come. I said, teach him about emotional healing. I just talked to him. He just looked at me. And, you know, I've been there for many, tr- I, I earned that right to speak into his life. And, it, you know, and then I walked away. And the seed germinated in his heart and began to produce. And he invited her. And Lena was the first woman preacher there. And fruit from that other trip, people got baptized with the Holy Spirit. People got saved. And she was telling the story today. I remember the, we got the CD. She goes, and she was telling the story. I think it was, she goes, Alan, she goes, as he was worshiping, deliverance came out of his mouth. People were coming to the altar. I go, that must be, that must be Alan. See, is your life significant or insignificant? Look again. Is it just an orange? Look again. Are you just a man? Are you just a mom? Are you just a mom raising your children in a method? Look again. Revivals. She carried revivals in her. She just didn't know. See, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I, something hit me when I was preparing for this sermon. The last few messages I preached, it's about the little, seemingly insignificant thing causing the significant. 
Now, I say seemingly because it's not insignificant. It's seemingly insignificant. It's just a baby in a manger because there was no room in an inn. They didn't even have money to have their own. A feeding trough he's born from out of the seemingly insignificant things come significant things in our life. I'm a woman, but I'm also the caretaker of a large family, which observed the following method. You know, one thing when I was studying about oranges, and I was look, I just picked the orange, you know, pun intended. I just picked the orange. You know, I could have picked a lot of things. And it says, it says, if you're going to plant trees from an orange, it says pick mature fruit. Because if you pick, this is what it says. This wasn't a Christian thing. This was just agriculture. They said, because if you pick immature fruit, if you take the seeds from an immature fruit, the seeds are immature and they will not germinate. But if we're willing to grow up, and how do we grow up? We die. We die. We don't need to be number one. We don't need to be the biggest. We don't need this. But inside you is significance. So I gave you two. When we started, we gave, I gave you two descriptions. It was the same orange. It's just the same life. It's just one of you. Just one. Just one. Just one. What can come from one orange? Look again. There's orchards in here. See, you are significant. We are significant. We're not insignificant. And God wants to encourage us. Amen. This is not a message. We, I need to do. No, it's, I need to see myself as he sees me. I need, to, I need to be described. There's, there's thousands and millions of women that are human trafficking. They can just hear just an orange and just give them a little necklace, just an orange. Maybe it's a message later, just an orange, just a little booklet, you're just an orange. Are you just an orange? Because it's a question, it's not a statement. Just an orange, look again. She's just a mom raising her children in a method, look again. And there was her husband out acting spiritual, taking the family finances, not around. What spiritual is doing what he says at the time, that's spiritual. Well, I'm writing the book of Job. No one cares about that book he wrote. I didn't even waste my time looking at it. No one cares about his gravesite. At his time, he thought he was doing something significant, but he was missing the insignificant thing of raising his kids. And she took the insignificant thing because they're just little. Missionary died thinking he was a failure. 84 years later, thriving churches found hidden in the jungle where he was. And they said, how did you get here? And they mentioned his name. It just didn't pop up. My question is, there's one thing this article didn't answer, but I was very curious about. How did it start? Maybe it was a child he taught. And the child grew up and says, I want to start a church. And from that church, a thousand-seat cathedral in the midst of the jungles they had to hike 10 miles to. It was so full, they had to go plant other churches. And he died thinking he was a failure. There's one thing he did not realize. The power of a seed is under. Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, in the hidden, in the death, where no one can see. I remember Lena preaching one time. She goes, God, I'm tired of preaching to women, hundreds of women that don't change. I want to reproduce myself. There's reproduction in here. We are called to reproduce. And you know what commercial growers will do? Commercial growers will take a, a plant, a root system plant. They call it a root system. They'll take it. And they'll graft another little, a little baby plant in there so it's the same thing as the plant. There will be people that come in here, they are to graft it in, to be grafted into us. And they can be here where it took us so many years, we have to allow them to be grafted in. Why? Why do they do that? Because of time. Because of time, and they want it to be the same as the tree it's grafted into. There's people that will hear the sound of revival, the sound of healing, the sound of training. They will come in, and they will be grafted, and they may past me when my brother first got saved if we really love each other like you know we love ourselves when my father first got saved my brother was cutting his arms trying to kill his girlfriend driving drunk on you know driving the sidewalk of las vegas you know he thought it was a road 
picked up a homeless guy, had him hold his beer. He got arrested. The homeless guy went to jail for open container. It wasn't even his beer. My brother was crazy. If you look at his arm today, you still see burn marks. Well, he got radically saved and went to Sudan. I mean, he got radically saved. He goes, leads a guy to the Lord. Two weeks later, that guy has a church of 18 people in two weeks. Because some spiritual seeds take a long time. They win, and some take a little time. But he does the work. The seed doesn't stress. The seed doesn't strain. The seed doesn't go push the dirt. It just naturally does what the creator does. It's his work. Because he was looking at what I'm doing now, and God says, I'm going to show you. Let me give you a scripture. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? This is Paul speaking. And with what body do they come? He goes, foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. It means you don't bury a wheat plant. That's what he's saying. But merely the grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and each seed its own body. God will destine the seed that you've called to do. You raise your children in the Lord, you're sowing them seeds. It's his responsibility to make it grow up. You can't force anything. You, you know, and so Jesus gave the command. He gave a statement, unless the seed goes to the ground and dies. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. And as long as you remain on the earth, there is time to sow your seed, and he brings the harvest. Are you just an orange? Look again. Are we just a body of people meeting on Sundays? Look again. We're a revival center. And people will come in and be grafted and to do. So what description are you living with? Because the insignificant things, he causes it to be significant. And on and on and go from, from Darwin to Susanna to Lena, on and on. How, how I got here, how I got in Roswell, seemed like an insignificant thing. Someone just told me, hey, there's a church there's a youth pastor at the time in New Mexico. He goes, hey, there's a church coming in to visit. Will you go pick them up? Three and a half hours. Remember Cammy put her feet on the middle. I told her, I go, you're real casual. She took them off. I didn't know people. I get, I get to the car. The car is dirty. It's like a Tahoe. I'm like, I didn't have time to clean. I go, man, this car's dirty. But I just took it. Alan told me later, he goes, man, this guy's car is dirty. <laughs> it wasn't even my car. <laughs> I felt bad. Just will you go pick them up? If you, want to see, if you want to see real bullets, come to Columbia. See, we don't know what we're sowing. Jesus says a good tree brings forth good fruit and a bad tree brings forth bad fruit. We don't know the potential we sow, but we know when we sow good or bad. We know. Darwin didn't know the effects he was having when he was pushing God out. No, I believe in evolution. He, he didn't know that Stalin was going to read the book one day. He's in Bible college, read the book to be an atheist, and then millions of people will be killed later by him. He doesn't know. See, what seeds are in you? This... This lit we literally can plant this and send oranges around the world. And these oranges will go where the tree never will. And your seeds can far past you. Lena's write, writing a book, was Raising the Radicals. You know, maybe there's a pastor that will read it one day and go, you know what, I want to raise those types of people. Never call her, never talk to her, see her in heaven. Your book changed my life. Is it just a book? Look again. Is he just the carpenter's son? Look again. Is it just another crucifixion? Look again. Is it just an empty tomb? Look again. Is it just a little baby in a manger because they had no room in the inn? Look again. Is it just that your sins are forgiven? Look again because you also have a future. It's not just your past is washed away. See, I'm talking about starting from today. I specifically picked an imperfect orange. Look at that. Look at that. You know why it doesn't matter? Because when I take the pill off, the seeds can still reproduce so we can look at our outside we can look at our past we can look at what we've done you can be living under that description 
Or you can say, you know what? There's good in me. You can go to other nations. And not everybody's called to go to other nations. Sometimes you may raise a kid that's called to go to other nations. Susanna Wesley didn't hold those revivals. John did, but he never would have done it without his mom teaching him a method. That's not just in there by chance. I'm reading it. It just stuck out. You're gone, and you should take care of him, but I'm going to put him in my charge, and I'm going to raise him according to a method. It was great. He's out there writing the book of Job, and they're living it. <laughs> they were living the book of Job. They went through hard financial crisis. John Wesley, people hated the Methodists. They tried to kill him. We hate you. They caught what they called the Methodists because of the method. He didn't come up with that. He didn't want to start a denomination. He wanted to see changed lives. And the Methodist church today is a far cry from what it was. It's like Salvation Army, Catherine and William Booth. They would preach the gospel. Salvation Army now is just ringing a bell with a cup that says Salvation Army. That's not the Salvation Army they started. And when we live at the end of our life, we don't want to go far from what he's called us to do. We want to stick to the tree. God, what do you want me to do? See, he's called me to go wars, and I go to wars, and I see young lives change. I wouldn't have that success in Tokyo if I chose. I have to die. God, where do you want to send me? What have you called me to do? I want to be at this church. No, you're a plant out of place, a weed. You need to plant yourself where he's called you. And when he's called you at that place, then he can speak those things out of place. Abram, get it from the place where you're at to the place I will show you. And I'm not going to show you until you move because I want a list. God, show me my wife. Show me how much money I'm going to make. Show me all the successes I'm going to have. Show me all this. Show me this song. Show me the sermon. Show me this. And he says, die, die, die. John, if you're willing to die, you may not even go to that place. They may not even recognize you. They only knew that man by the first name. 34 miles, eight churches, all thriving. They just go, well, it started with that man, that seed. And he goes back thinking he's a failure. Only heaven knows. It doesn't matter when you start, friends. Jesus took thousands of years of prophecies and condensed them in three and a half years. Don't ever think things are too far past. Whatever you give him, he is the redeemer. The redeemer. Well, I woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's over. It's past. It's done. It's washed away. With his left hand, he forgave you your sins. And with his right hand, he grabbed your destiny. It's not just we're going to heaven. We're living with him, and we can make a difference. Smith Wigglesworth was a great revivalist, and back in those days, those missionary days, missionaries would take their coffins with them because they weren't expected to come home. So they took their coffins on ships, and because it was a death, and his grandson was saying, I could see Smith at the, at the dock, and as the ship's pulling away, I could hear, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He goes, I'll never forget it. How could Smith Wigglesworth say that, thinking maybe he'll never see him again? Because he's pushing the seed out for eternity. Hallelujah. What's the power of a seed? It is eternal. And on the other side of heaven, it won't be fading. It will be from fading to louder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I see you again, son, it's everything that you brought because I'm sowing the seed. Just like when we give. So many people give attached. Alan, he has enough money. Church don't need my money. But if you're willing to die, he can take it. And right before Jesus died, he says, unless the seed goes to the ground and dies, it bears alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And every piece of fruit you'll ever eat can be traced back to a seed. A seed that bore fruit, and the fruit bore seeds, and the seed bore fruit. Sooner or later, they can trace it back. And they went to this jungle expecting nothing, and they found eight churches over 34 miles and a 1,000-feet seat church. And, and they, you know what their question was? Who was here? And at the end of your life, don't you want that? Who was here? Or who was here? Justin Orange? Look again. 
I'm holding orchards in here. Just one life? Look again. Just a $1,000 seed? Look again. How many missionaries have you supported that wouldn't have made it and that final check came in and now the souls got saved? Because what really the only thing we take with us is people. Houses stay, cars stay, 401K stay to the kids that didn't, you know, earn it, that waste it. Misers, people that have died and they found millions of dollars in their bed, under their bed. Hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Jesus says, let go. And if you're willing to die, and see, we think death is a bad thing, but in that death is life. Jesus goes, I'm dying. You don't get it. But this death is going to bring life. There was more life given in his death than in his life. There's more people healed because Jesus died than wherever he lived. Because he multiplied himself. It's just 12 people. Don't worry about Jesus. It's just 12. Just 12. Then it started to grow and grow. Like, we got to kill him because he's affecting our status quo. And it was the religious, not the sinners that hate him, because Jesus toppled the organized. And we need Jesus to topple our organization, our hierarchy, thinking of what we think it's going to be. And if we can lay at the altar how it's going to be, when it's going to be, if we can lay down the other who it's going to be, if we can lay down everything it's going to be, then life can spring from that and the fruit that can bear seeds and those seeds can bear fruit and that fruit can bear seeds and those seeds can bear fruit. And God says as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. And as long as you remain on the earth, there was time for you to sow your seed so he can bring the harvest. So Paul says, how can it be? He goes, God brings it. God brings the increase. You give the money. Church doesn't owe you. The church owe you. You can forget that. Nobody owes me. I'm not limited to anybody. God gives it to me. You release your debts, your unforgiveness, your pain, your hurt, your sorrows, your woulda, shoulda, coulda. I think we all have them. Let's put it on the screen everything I've ever thought, ever done. Everybody I've ever hated. You're like, I don't know you hated me. Let's put it up there. And everybody in here. And then God takes along and gives it a white screen. Whew. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's done. We start today. You start today. We start today. 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 We start with this group of people. Well, if we had this person still here, we could We start today. Well, if we were in this building, no, we start today. No, if I had this much money, no, we start today. If I wouldn't have made that business deal, no, you start today. No, if I wouldn't have been picked too early, no, you start today. Yeah, you got picked a little early, but I'm going to put you on the counter, and I'm going to make you ripe. And when you're ripe, I'm going to replant. You know, we start today. We start today. I don't start tomorrow. We start today. Well, if I was in Florida, not California, if I didn't serve this man for five years, then no, you start today. If I wouldn't have heard of this person or hated this person, I start today. If I was born in a different family, no, 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 we start today. If I would have stayed in that country a little longer, no, I start today. No, there's a lot of regrets we have, but when you give it to him, he is the redeemer. It's just not just the name, it's what he does. He redeems. Redeemer. He takes the dead things and makes them alive. He takes the insignificant and makes them significant. Nothing is insignificant in his hands. Over five, they estimate 20,000 people to feed. There's no food, but this insignificant little boy's lunch. Jesus didn't say, give it to the disciples. He didn't say, Peter prayed for it. He says, bring it to me. And those hands that hold you are pierced. Bring it to me. And he took it, he blessed it, and he broke it. And every broken piece in your life that you think is trash, you give it to him and he can redeem it. Because there's somebody that can hear your testimony that can be changed. Redeemer is not just a name, it's who he is. So are you willing to start today?
Is it just a life? Is it just a church? Is it just a mom raising 12 kids? Giving them methods? Or is she raising revivalists? Look again. Look again, look again, look again at your life. And say, God, how do you see the orange? And I'll end this. I started with two descriptions. One good, one bad. I picked it. I paid for it. I can decide what to do with it. This is my orange. He paid for you. He picked you. And he can decide what to do with it. Are you willing to go in his hands and let him plant everything that's in you to see it reproduce? And when they excel, when they grow, when it revivals, and it's, it's not just a book, Raising Radicals, just a book, look again. Because there's a 16-year-old girl that could read it thinking she's useless and then read the book and say, you know what, God, I want to be that radical. There's, there's girls that we don't even know that were in that church watching Lena preach going, I didn't know women could do that. We don't know. Eternity will tell us. I was a failure. No, sir. You didn't look low enough. You were just looking at what you did at the time. You didn't look at the power of the seed. It is eternal. There's things in you that God has for you, and he has things in you he has for others, but there has to be a death first. And we think death is a bad thing. No, it, it hurts, but it's temporary. Three days later, Jesus rose. It was three days. Now, it says three days later he rose. They thought it was the end of the world, but he knew. He knows everything that's in you, all right? Let's, let's close our eyes. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you we're not, just a, we're not just a body. We're not just a person. We're not just a mom. We're not just a... Lord, we want your description over our life, and we thank you for that, God. I thank you for washing away the past and the hurts. God, and just like I chose this orange, I didn't choose the perfect orange on purpose. I took my time. I looked through, I looked through some oranges, and I said, man, it's just an orange. How much more care did he take for your life? How much more care? And the last thing God's been just dealing, the, his heartbeat is, don't ever think you're insignificant because I'm significant and I live in you. And there's significance in you. You are significant. He is significant. Because Jesus lives in us, what we can do can cause every, a change for eternity. And if we're willing to lift up his name and not care about ours, lives will be changed for eternity. I thank you for everybody in here, Lord. I thank you for the seeds that will be sown financially. I thank you for their lives that will be sown. I thank you for the books that are in here, the revivals, the CD, the worship teams that are coming. I thank you for going to a place that's not just a building. When you say, God, I thank you, you determine the times and the seasons. Lord, you said as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, Lord. And I thank you, we still have time to sow our seed to bring a harvest. And you can condense thousands of years of prophecies in three and a half years, Lord. I thank you for condensing all our years of waste and and squandering, and sin, and hurt, or just complacency, and normalcy, and comfortability. We give it to you, God. We die, God. There's, we shoulda, woulda, coulda, that relationship. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, that church. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. No, no, no. We give it to you, Lord. Bring it to me. And he took it. He blessed it. He broke it, and he gave it away, Lord. And I thank you for giving us away. God, I thank you. People will come in here, and they'll be grafted into the root system, God, because you want it to be just like the plant. And the things will be sped up at times and seasons, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus. We just don't look at We're not just uh, anymore. Same orange, two descriptions. Same life, different descriptions. Lord, we choose your description over life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.